Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on IMSA Radio. Absolutely gorgeous weather here at Watkins Glen International for the Seal and Six Hour of the Glen meeting this weekend. And in a packed weekend, we have uh, supporting the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship three other IMSA development series. We kick off the afternoon with the second free practice session for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. The green flag is in the air now and being waved uh, with some gusto by Dennis Paul in shirt sleeve order as it's such a beautiful day to day. Dennis sporting a rather splendid full set, a beard, uh, this weekend, which is the first time I've seen him with the facial hair, and it suits him down to a T, the salty old sea dog, waving that green flag at the moment. There are 45 minutes on the clock, or at least there were when this session started half a minute ago to take you through it, with uh, 27 cars entered this weekend between the GT3 Gold and GT3 Platinum. Uh, we'll have Jeremy Shaw, but first, good afternoon to Shea Adam. Hello, and thank you so much for uh, the kind words about Dennis saying that he looks like a salty sea dog because it's supposed to rain Saturday and Sunday, so he will be a wet salty sea he's, dog. He's got his galoshes with him, I'm sure, at oh, the Southwester. Every single bit of gear that he could possibly use. Uh, perhaps he needs my umbrella hat, actually, to try and stay dry up there on the timing stand. But for now, beautiful conditions can see all the way out to the lake if I just sit up on the chair a little bit higher and look out to our left all the way down one of the Finger Lakes in this beautiful region of upstate New York downstate New York actually we're uh, almost at the border with Pennsylvania if I readjust recalibrate my brain a little bit been up in the middle of Ontario so I do apologize for that but it is a great day to go out and drive some race cars pretty hot out there not as warm as it'll be tomorrow though by all the meteorologists predictions the session right now much warmer than it was this morning so Jeremy we should not see times anywhere near as fast as what we did this morning because it's about 10 degrees hotter than it was the last time they were out on track yeah good afternoon Shay. Good, afternoon. good afternoon everybody You're quite likely that's the case but of course you never know with these guys that's what true rabbits they can pull out of the hat uh, certainly interesting session though this morning and once again though it was roman deandrus leading the way for kelly moss road and race at number 79 car the distinctive racing for children's livery coming past the pits right now white and kind of green heading, in, heading towards turn one and that car has been super fast all season long yeah that has been the the rabbit for all the rest of them to try and catch up to 99 degree track temperature out there not as hot as we saw last year but that's pretty darn toasty out there if you uh crack an egg you wouldn't have to wait too long before it would be nice and scrambled up for you to eat so uh, conditions are quite warm and while we're thinking about it 
please, everybody, do stay hydrated this whole weekend. We talked a little bit about the rain and joked about that, but it is a warm one out there. You don't realize when you get dehydrated. Put on the sunscreen. Drink a water in between your alcoholic beverages. It's just a good idea, especially if you're out camping around Watkins Glen. And quite a few you already are. We've seen a lot of the RVs set up, a lot of people settled in for the long weekend, celebrating Canada Day this weekend on Monday, and then the 4th of July next weekend. That'll be a Thursday night celebration, so you might just stretch out your long weekend two weekends in a row for good cause. you got to celebrate. We have no times as of yet because people are just now coming through to complete their first laps. The first cars that were out of the pit lane were those JDX machines, the silver, uh, the gold and black ones, excuse me, as I was caught back as Kurt Fizikas in his blue and orange car was going very slowly out of 11, has now reaccelerated when he got to the start finish line, but that was a little bit too slow to try and send him on a launch for a quick lap, so Hopefully everything is okay with Kurt's car. He comes into this weekend second in the championship standings. Kurt, who's very colorful like his car. I do like him. He's a very, very funny guy. Good sense of humor. Wasting no time to reclaim his rightful position at the top of the charts, Roman DeAngelis puts in a lap time of 152.8, so about two seconds slower than what we saw this morning. But the fastest final sector honors go to Maxwell Root for the first time across the line. Sean McAllister with a good first lap in the number 11 JDX machine to go up to second. And let's just do a quick reminder of what we saw this morning. It was Roman DeAngelis fastest for Platinum. Platinum Masters was Alan Metney in the third position overall. And in the gold class, it was... Sebastian Carrazzo. Until the end. And then he was passed by Kurt Fizikas, wasn't it? Good bounce back for Kurt Fizikas. He uh, was involved in a heavy crash here a couple of years ago and was out of action for quite a while. So uh, clearly his confidence unaffected by that incident. Riley Dickinson goes up to second on his first flying lap. Gets within two tenths of Roman DeAngelis. That's a good effort for that youngster from Texas. But yeah, first flying laps, these are not really representative times just yet, but it's always interesting, isn't it, to see who gets up to speed yeah. quickly and who uh, takes a little bit more time. Well, and they've just a practice session, and second of the two practice sh- sessions that will take place today. That, that's a good point, Jeremy, because the next time they go out on track will be for qualifying at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, which will be a little bit different than it was this morning when they were out for their practice session. But the first race takes place at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, a 45-minute contest. The second race is 9.20 in the morning on Saturday. So these guys will be completely run and done by 10.10 on Saturday morning. Checkered flag coming at 10.05, figure another five minutes for a cool-down lap and everybody to get back in. It's a fairly short weekend. They don't really have a lot of time to digest and Penn State about what they can do differently and better, you do sort of have to go out and go as fast as you can, as quickly as you can. There's no wading into the water. There's not time for that. Yeah, good point. And some of the teams have been testing here already over the last few weeks and no JDX racing was here a couple or three weeks ago and um, in particular Parker Thompson who was driving number three car on that occasion was super fast around here I was told and but uh, but unfortunately that deal has come to a, at least a temporary 
hiatus they're taking at the moment. So number three car will not be driven by Parker Thompson, who was second in the points coming into this weekend. Instead, it was Italy. Jeff Kingsley, who was previously driving another car for the same team, who has stepped aboard that number three Hertz car hmm. for this weekend. And Jeff has done every race so far this year, yep. 161 points in the championship, only one point behind Maxwell Root and two points behind Riley Dickinson in the third place. So very much alive with the championship aspirations if something happened to runaway championship leader Roman DeAngelis. And that is a fairly big ask for yeah. sure. And the, the, the original plan coming into this weekend was for, for Jeff, uh, who was also racing in the, in the Canadian series, uh, in a uh, similar car run there by a, a different team. But um, he was planning on running both campaigns separately. But the plan was that he would concentrate on Canada for the remainder of the season because he's, he's well placed in the Canadian Championship points in which well, actually fourth place there is uh, at the moment. Well, ish. But only <laughs> one, only seven points out of, out of second. Uh, but uh, with this, with Parker Thompson unable to make it this weekend, and Jeff Kingsley has has uh, taken up that opportunity and he's rejoined the team and is now in certainly for this weekend, and we'll see where it kind of takes it from there. And kind of uh, funny, Jeremy, is that Jeff Kingsley is from Ajax, Ontario which is about 30 minutes just east of the city. It's not too bad. Maybe 20 minutes, depending on traffic. Could be six hours, I just only slightly. Did you know that the um, highways around Toronto are the busiest in North America? As a matter of fact, busier than Los Angeles. More cars travel on the 401 than travel on the highways in Los Angeles. So Jeff Kingsley could have a bit of a commute, but driving down from Ajax would be about a six and a half, seven hour drive total. So if you're going to have somebody on standby, having a Canadian who lives pretty much just up the street, not a bad option. And being from Ajax, Ontario, he could have ridden down with uh, Tiff and Diesel, of course, who work in IMSA. They're from Ajax as well. But Jeff Kingsley no longer racing the number 16 as he did for the first couple of rounds for the championship. Now taking up the reins of the number three. Yeah, two-fifths and two-fourths so far in 2018 for Jeff just swapping out pages in my notebook so I don't get people confused. That, that's interesting. They went from one Canadian to another too, Jeremy. Yes. Since Parker Thompson's from Alberta. Yep. <laughs> Good consistency for Jeremy Dale. And of course, they have a couple other cars that they're running this weekend. So three cars to worry about for JDX Racing. Two of them looking nearly identical. The number three and 11. Both wearing the Hertz livery. So is there another addition then? Another addition in terms of... To the uh, Platinum class field. Because I, I had, on my, the entry list I saw originally had 18 cars in it, but now we... Uh, let me check the timing screen. So 19 it, cars, okay, we're down to 18, that's right. Yeah, in gold we have Sebastian Carrazzo right. ahead of Rob Ferriel, uh, Kurt Vizikas, Kurt Swearingen, uh... Randall Bryant. Was he on the, on Efren, was he on the original entry? Yes, he was. Uh, Efren Castro. Bart Collins. R. Edge. I don't know R. Edge. 
It no, was that's, car that's 18. Richard Edge. Richard Edge yeah. in car 18. Let me see if I have a notebook page for him. He's done all the races this season. Then I would have a notebook page for him. Yes, I do. Richard Edge from Roswell, Georgia, whose dad actually inspired his love of cars. How cute. Yeah, three sixth-place finishes for Richard and a fifth place for ACI Motorsports. Prussia Club racer by trade. As the number 68 comes into the pit lane, that belongs to Mr. Jeff Mosing, and he's running the custard and rhubarb color cars. We have a red flag out on the circuit. I'll let you know why as soon as I know. Charlie Luck coming into the pit lane, so it's not him. Definitely not Jeff Mosing. As we've noted, he's sitting in the pit lane. So yes, John, you can do a, a mental note that is custard and rhubarb color for Jeff Mosing this weekend in his Mosing Motor Cars, number 68. Car 11 is off course at turn 9. At the exit of turn 9, uh, I would have to strain to try and see that far back around the circuit. Car 11, belonging to Sean McAllister, the other of the JDX Racing Porsches. So that's not good news for them. We are under a red flag. As the 2019 Hurley Haywood Scholarship winner is the cause for this one. It's his fourth year of racing. Daunting track to try and come to Watkins Glen for the first time. Has raced in the uh, Trophy West Series in 2018, where he won 11 of the 14 races. So a very impressive performance. But Trophy West does not include Watkins Glen. So we are very much in the East. And I'm just keeping my eyes out to see if that black and gold Hertz car does manage to claw its way back into the pit lane. But no luck so far as there are 32 minutes remaining in this session. Red flag came out with about 34 left on the clock. As into the pit lane comes the number 53 of Riley Dickinson. It's a slightly different livery on that car than it was last year, Jeremy, when Zachary Robichon took oh, it yes. over. Yeah, I like the metallic blue and metallic red along the side. It's a very fetching color combination. In also to the pit lane is the 92 of Joseph Lombardo. First time we've seen that car. Well, for us, it's the first time we've seen that car. And it's got a really cool white base to the paint but then this streak of red mixed with black that comes up over the left headlight and extends all the way over the roof to the right taillight it, it's a really neat uh, illustration on that one for sure also car number 22 of bart collins i haven't seen that one before in person and it's blue with a checkered flag Pretty neat. Uh, and the red car right behind it, the number four as well. That one being driven by Michael Manella. Both of those cars wearing the checkered flag livery, just covered with different colors. Yeah, the two MCR teammates. That's yeah. uh, Manella Collins. And um, making, well, Michael Manella did a, did a few races last season. But uh, this season, Bart Collins joining in as well with a gold club category car. It looks really cool, Jeremy. I have to say, I'm really impressed with that one. Yellow headlights for the Gold Cup cars and yellow wing mirrors, as well as yellow door banners and yellow number plates on the side. If you're looking for a platinum car, they have white headlights, black door mirrors, black number panels, and white shade bands. So basically, if you see gold, it is gold. 
It is a gold cup car still waiting on Sean McAllister to come back into the pit lane. That's the reason we're under a red flag for this second practice session for the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. The last practice session for these cars before they go out for qualifying in anger tomorrow morning. Bright and early, that's one way to get the sleep out of your eyes. Go out and race one of these beautiful cup cars around the 3.4 miles of Watkins Glen International. And 30 minutes remain in this session. Fastest time so far, 151.7 from none other than the Canadian Roman DeAngelis. He's about 1.2 seconds off at the time he did this morning, Jeremy. Who's Was uh, Roman of oh, 150.5? Is that what we saw? Uh, this morning's fastest time was a 50.534, yep. yes. So 1.2 seconds off. Uh, Sean McAllister is showing is moving again. So, oh, yep, with the assistance of a tow truck. Now, that's good news. That means that all four wheels are still on the car, all four wheels still pointing in the same direction, the one that they're supposed to, and the tow truck actually has the line sort of limp behind, so not really needing to give a ton of effort to get that Porsche back into the pit lane. Momentum really helps as you come through turn 11 if you stay on the racing line. And now they have gone back into the pit lane. The IMSA AMR Safety Cayenne is escorting the stricken number 11 as it makes the right-hand turn to leave the pit lane and go back into the paddock area. A little bit of a drive for them to get back into the garage area, but it won't be too long. And hopefully that car will be back out onto the circuit before the session expires. 28 minutes and 40 seconds before that. Still under red flag, waiting for Dennis to throw the green. And he's waiting for the command to come from race control. And there it is. Green flag is out. We are back to practice two. So that was a good five laps before everybody had to come into the pit lane for the cars at the head of the field. Sebastian Carrazzo. Now, I'd be expecting something big from car number 27, particularly because he was fastest pretty much until the end of the first session and then had that honor taken away. You'd think that there would be a little bit of um, lust from him after seeing his name at the top of the sheets, particularly here where last year he had such a big accident. Two years ago, was that? Was it two years ago? ago? I thought it was last year. Was it? I thought he was involved with that Let me consult my big notes. wreck over there. Hang on a second. But, yeah, but the, this morning, nope, uh, Sebastian Carrazzo has turned a, a 153.7. Did he crash two years in a row then? Uh, it said last year in my notes, Watkins Glen, race one, DNS, race two, DNF. So he didn't start the first race and didn't finish the second. But wasn't he involved in that huge crash uh, two years ago over in... Carrazzo? No, Carrazzo. No, we're talking about physique. I thought you were talking about physique. No, 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 Carrazzo. Sorry. Oh, I beg your pardon. Phys- physicus was two years ago, yes. Right. Uh, that is sort of um, eerie. Yeah, I know. We talked about Carrazzo this morning. We hit right, yes. How yes, the two yeah. fastest guys in that class yes. both have had really big yes. crashes here. Yes. Hmm. Well, guys, no way to get over the pass by putting it behind you. Carrazzo <laughs> this afternoon at 153.7, uh, that uh, compares very, very imp- favorably to his lap time this morning. As you say, it was Fazekas that was quickest mm. in the gold this morning, 153.4, but to Carrazzo's time this morning, it was 153.8, so he's gone quicker than that already wow. this afternoon. And Rob Ferriol at a 154.1 in the uh, kind of a five uh, for more speed. He's also found a couple of tenths of a second 
compared to this morning. So two good improvements from the Gold Cup leaders in 10th and 11th overall. That's kind of a 27 and kind of a 5. We were all wrong. Um, Fazekas' bad crash was in 2016 yeah. here. So it was almost, it was three years yeah. ago now for that one. Um, yeah, Kurt Fazekas, whose father was a two-time SCCA champion. So he, he gets it honestly. The uh, love for racing and a big IndyCar uh, fan himself, an SVRA champion. He was third in the points last year for the Gold Cup category. So looking to do one better, but he will have to get around the NGT car of Sebastian Carrazzo, that number 27 machine, and Rob Ferriel in the number five. Rob, who's really coming on quickly to uh, picking up this whole racing thing, his coach, Spencer Pompelli, works a long time with in the simulators trying to get a handle around the tracks before he even gets here he was second in the gold category last year was rob so there really is a lot of good competition when you delve into it all these drivers who came so close last year who came back wanting more and that's what we've been seeing in terms of the top of the charts uh, at least so far this weekend and, and so far throughout the season people coming in and grabbing race weekends pretty much from the get-go setting the fastest lap times, and then staying there. People just getting back up to speed. I'm, I'm interested because they didn't actually take Sean McAllister's car all the way back to the paddock. They just pulled it off the exit line where you drive back to the paddock area outside of the pit lane, and there are two JDX people working on the car, another one walking out towards it little motorbike next to it but there's a lot of hands-on radios trying to communicate back and forth and brake lights just came on the car maybe it was something as simple as a master switch was hit and the car just shut off and we can only hope IMSA officials now joining in the party they're trying to decide if they are going to bring the car back to the garage area by the looks of it what they're doing is perfectly legal, by the way. Working on the car behind the wall with multiple people. that That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a bit of a mystery as to what actually went wrong with it. Oh, no. Here's a new penalty, Jeremy. Merge line violation. Now, what's that? When they're leaving the pit lane, they have to stay to the right of the pit exit blend line, which extends well out of turn one. Car five, Rob Ferriel. Car nine, who is... Mark Kwame running a new number this weekend. Number 22, who is Bart Collins. 36, who is usually Mike Levitas, but is not Mike Levitas this weekend. That is Vernon McClure. Car 61, who that number belongs to Scott Wellham. And car 91, who is... Scanning the timing screen. I don't see a 91. That's normally um, Anthony Imperato, so I'm, I'm a bit confused. Uh, 91 is not on the timing screen, so that's a mystery to me. They have all been served a drive through penalty for not blending properly. So you don't respect the pit exit line. You must come back in and serve a penalty. And again, Jeremy and I were talking about it a little bit earlier in terms of track limits if it's a wall you're not going to hit it the pit blend line is exactly the same thing when you're leaving the pit lane you have to stay on the right side of it and in this case actually the right side of it because if you don't you then endanger cars that are already up to speed on track and you endanger yourself by getting in the way of them 
We're going to have to get some clarification, though, as to who is car number 91. It's giving me a bit of a chuckle. Well, since we've gone back to green flag, overall fastest one sector has been set by Riley Dickinson this lap. Overall fastest two sector, Maxwell Root. And overall third sector fastest by Roman DeAngelis. So clearly these guys, at least at least it's not one person who has all three figured out. Jeremy, I'm a little bit um, happy about that. There's yeah. discrepancy amongst the ranks. One guy with a Sector 1 fastest time, one guy with a Sector 2 fastest time, and the other with a Sector 3. Car 99 with an improper late pit entry drive through. Oopsie, that's Alan Metney. So basically that's deciding you're going to come into the pit lane way too late after you should have decided you were coming into the pit lane. Ample opportunity to get penalties. Okay, so a 51-6. Jeremy, happy with that? With first and second being separated by a tenth? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? And uh, Max Root's not too far behind either with a 151.999. So it's certainly pretty tight at the front at the moment. We're still just under half of the time remaining in this session. 21 minutes remaining still. And Roman's on a good one. Personal best sector one, overall best sector two. That was not him. That was the sound of Scott Wellham going across the start-finish line in car number 61. With the big Welsh dragon on the side, here comes Charlie Luck. Red, green, yellow, white, and black on his Porsche. And Maxwell Root with the white, light blue, dark blue, red. Uh, Maxwell does not no, he does. Max Root to the top of the charts for a second as Roman DeAngelis goes even faster and takes back the fast lap honors. That was a good lap for Maxwell Root. Very impressed with that. Driver of car number seven. And he... Uh, no, he's not going to improve on this lap, I don't think. He didn't have a particularly excellent Sector 1. He's already gotten a pair of um, podium finishes at Mid-Ohio, sweeping a weekend. Um, how did he do it, um, Montreal? Ma that? Max Root? Did he get another podium there? Uh, I don't, um, I don't know the Root results for uh, that. Had, uh, yeah, a couple of podiums. He had a third and a second. Wow. He, he got the second the second place in the uh, second race in Montreal because of the penalty ah. I believe to uh, Parker Thompson so he's Those only been battling for that position his best finish is crossing the line third which he's done four times this year he's never crossed the start finish line in a position better than second or was the penalty served during the race Say it again. The the penalty the penalty that yeah. pushed Maxwell up into second place was yeah. that a post race penalty? Yes. So the best way that he has ever crossed the line is third for Maxwell Root. I guess so. Yes. Yeah. So yes, he's yes, still yes. looking for that ability to see the leading car and know he has a chance of winning the race as he crosses the start finish line. He's he's improving. He just hasn't. We haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not sure. He, he, there was a there was a red, apparently there was a red flag in race two in Montreal, and oh. and the, 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 it went to count back. Mm. And I think he might have been second. Huh. 
at that stage on the countback. So he didn't take. You're right because he didn't see the checkered flag because yeah. the checkered flag wasn't down at that stage. Um, it was only after the red came out and then they stopped the race. It was hmm. all a bit of a me- sounded like a bit of a messy <laughs> weekend. It does. Um, he did cross the line second last year at VIR, but this year he has yet to make it to that step of the podium on the racetrack. I, I guess it really doesn't matter in terms of the results. They The numbers show whatever they will show. But in terms of a personal accomplishment, to the best thing you could hope for is to cross the line first. But if you're going to be second, you want to be as close to first as you possibly can. I'll drink to that. Cheers. <laughs> There's been a lot of track limits violations, uh, mostly at turn eight for a lot of cars as they're trying to figure out how deep they can go into the heel of the boot, into the braking, as cars being unloaded in the Michelin Pilot Challenge paddock. They'll be coming up uh, not next, but after that, immediately after that, there's a bit of confusion there. For the number four, Michael Manella came into the pit lane and his crew was not expecting him and just sort of waved him on through. This is not the pit box you are looking for. Move along. 17 minutes to go. Scott Wellams on a personal best and improves time but not position. In the gold class, by the way, Sebastian Carrazzo leading the way at 153.5. In Platinum Masters, Jeff Mosing in the custard and rhubarb colored car. For people who speak not American. Rhubarb custard? No, it, it's more yellow than. Than okay. garnet. It's all more right. gold than garnet. For those Florida State Seminole fans out there, hello to all of you wonderful people. We do have a garnet and gold car to cheer for. Uh, yes, uh, Jeff Mosing leading the way as Florida State has done for many years now, particularly over those Florida Gators. Hello, Johnny Knotts. And he is ahead of Alan Metney as it is right now. Metney, who's had several laps affected by track limits and then the penalty with the blend line. We've got in overall Roman DeAngelis going back out onto the circuit after what was probably a brief tire pressure adjustment. Wants a little bit more of a gap. There's only a quarter of a second between himself and Maxwell Root in second. And then Riley Dickinson in third. All three of those cars are within half a second. And Dickinson has just set the purple sector two time. So he's gone overall fastest in the second sector. He's about four tenths down on what DeAngelis did in the first sector, though. So we'll have to wait until he crosses the line to see what the Texan can do. So we've got a Canadian in DeAngelis versus a Californian in Root, a Texan in Dickinson, a Puerto Rican in Victor Gomez, another Canadian in Jeff Kingsley, and another, uh, Sean McAllister is another Californian. And then another Texan in, uh, in Jeff Mosing. So we have a nice array of people represented there, but out of the top seven, there's only four different countries being, rep- well, four different uh, areas of living being represented. Although I believe Victor Gomez lives in Miami now. I think I remember him saying that. Uh, Dan Hardy is rounding out the field right now. The Platinum Masters category. He's in car number 69. The one that looks very familiar to to Porsche LMP1 fans. It's because it's wearing pretty much the same livery as that car did. You know, Jeremy, there is a car that runs in a an Italian one-make series that wears that same livery. And it's very off-putting. I do like seeing it on a Porsche, but... 
it's well, it works well on many different kinds of cars. Let's put it that way. Efren Castro in the number 65 car is the last of our gold runners. Right now we've got everybody within six seconds of each other, pretty much, the whole field. That's a very good gap. Uh, excessive track limit violations for Charlie Luck. He's been called on it, and a drive through penalty has been issued as car number 56 which used to be Jeff Mosing, is David Baker. Oh, no, it's always been David Baker. Yeah. Has been counted for track limits turn one. I do like David Baker. He's another one of those guys that is always in this series. He's so loyal to it. Yeah, I absolutely love this. And uh, this will be his... Well, he started 92 races in this uh, category before this weekend. Gosh. Made his debut actually right here at Watkins Glen in 2013. Huh. 11th on that occasion. So he's been around the block uh, several times. He's a, a uh, He won the Masters class. He's had uh, six Masters Cup wins in his career since the uh, formation of that championship. Red flag, because oh. Riley Dickinson in car number 53 is off the racetrack at turn 7, which is out on the far side of the circuit. That would be the toe of the boot, would it not, turn 7? Looking to my colleagues for some sort of confirmation. Turn 7, toe of the boot. That would be the, yeah. that would be the yep. It's not a good place to go off. No. No, there's not a lot of um not a lot of forgive forgiveness yeah. off at that part of the track. Hmm. No, well I this means yeah. that when if we go back to green, when we go back to green, it will be up to Charlie Luck to exit the pit lane and then immediately come back into it for his drive through penalty. For excessive track limits violations. But Riley was, he was booking. Um, he has the overall best sectors one and two listed against his name. Oh, was that on this lap that he managed that or not? No, I no, I, okay, I think it was prior. Could have been. No, because his best lap was lap five. Yes. So, was, and he, was this a better one that he uh, didn't complete? No, because he went off in sector two. That's true. That's true. Unless he's that far around the toe of the boot at turn seven and then went off, but that would be even more curious. That would be a, an issue of a little bit too much right foot. Uh, not not the best situation in the world. Well, while the track quiets down, let's take this opportunity to say thank you to all of the men and women out there waving the red flags right now. We couldn't come sports car racing if it weren't for the marshals who give up their time so that we can enjoy our free time a little bit uh, more and enjoy the sound of flat six engines out around the circuit as it is for this session. Next one will be a little bit noisier, but still more beautiful to listen to, more melodious. Although you really can't go wrong with the sound of a flat six engine. Just waiting on Michael Manella to come back into the pit lane as well in his number four.
Porsche. That's the one that is a checkered flag, but it looks like red has been draped and painted all over it. And here he comes through turn 10 now, very leisurely pace, as you should do when it is red flag conditions, making the very calm, slow turn down through turn 11. Just barely staying off the curbs and pit lane speed limiter now. He's back. So that's everybody home except for Riley Dickinson in that car number 53. The beautiful Porsche turned out by more speed with the metallic red, blue, and white. It's an understated livery. So Jeremy, under 10 minutes to go for practice for GT3 Cup. What are you seeing that you like? What are you seeing that you don't like? Um... Well, it's uh, it's certainly interesting to see that Riley Dickinson has got the fastest sectors one and two, but doesn't have the best lap overall. What's, inter- what's interesting when I look at the scoring charts is that his best time in sector three is just about two tenths of a second slower than the pace setter in the final sector around here. These last what one, two, three, cor- four corners. Uh, which is uh, Roman DeAngelis, who has the overall fastest time. But the differential between those two overall is nearly four tenths of a second. So what that proves is that if Riley Dickinson can get his act together in that final sector um, and complete the final sector, as he hasn't done this time, <laughs> then uh, he is certainly right there on pace with Roman DeAngelis. And considering the fact that Riley Dickinson is a newcomer to the championship this season for David Moore's team, that certainly speaks to his to his talent. I mean, Roman DeAndres, we look upon him as a veteran in his championship now at the ripe old age of 18, for goodness sake. <laughs> uh, having made his debut, of course, uh, back in uh, a, a couple of years ago in, in 17. So this is third season racing Porsches, but for Riley, it's just his first. So to be that close, particularly around a track as demanding as Watkins Glen International, just tells you some of the, uh, the, the, the latent talent there that is being expressed by that youngster in car number 53, Riley Dickinson. Well, I'm a little bit um, saddened that I don't think we're going to see Riley drive his car back because one of the IMSA safety vehicles has just come back into the pit lane and then gone back through. And it wasn't escorting a car, so me thinks that that has the driver in it and they're taking him back either to the medical area to get checked out and released or to the paddock so that he maybe couldn't hitch a ride with the tow truck. But we will wait and see if the car is able to be moved off to a safe place and if we can get the rest of this session going. Because there is still seven and a half minutes remaining of this session. Ooh. Um, car four, Michael Manella, when we noted that he was the last car out on track, it was because he didn't abide the red flag. So he has been issued a five-minute hold penalty. Now, if we don't go back to green, would that then carry over to the start of qualifying, which would then hinder him in terms of the qualifying for both races across the weekend, the qualifying session only 15 minutes tomorrow. So that means he would only have 10 minutes to qualify. And what's worse than that is a fast lap around here is about a minute and 50 seconds. So it will take you about two, maybe two and a half minutes to get completely up to speed, to get everything ready to go. 
ultimately that means he's going to get at least four fewer laps than everybody else to try and go out and set a good one. That's a huge penalty. I'm now watching the clock really anxiously and watching down to the flagging stand. They do not even have the green flag out and raised. So they're not expecting to get the command to throw it anytime soon. And they will be in contact with race control. John Maskey over there, the race director for this series, would be telling them a rough estimate of how long they have before we go back to green. Give our IMSA pit lane officials a chance to get a drink of water as well while the red flag is out. 27 cars started off the weekend. We hope to have 27 cars in both of the races for tomorrow. Who, Jeremy, who did we say? Um, it's Kurt Swearingen, right? In the number 17 Porsche, the one that's bright green with uh, black and white adorning the side. That car looks really good. It looks fast even when it's standing still. Yeah. Very bright green wheels. And Kurt Fizikas, is he still doing the multicolor bright wheels? Because I didn't make a mental note as to what color they were this morning. He's gone with a different livery this year, whereas last year he had a purple car with a green monster on the side and then would alternate between pink, green, pink, green, orange, and purple, I think, were the four colors of the rims that he would use for the different sessions. He's got a a metallic blue and orange car this year, still with the monster on the side, but uh, I I didn't think to check and see if the wheels were different from this morning's session. It's just a bit of extra fun. We've got the pink pig livery. We've got the Florida State livery. We've got some really good ones out there. With the golf racing livery, of course. Always have Mark Kvame driving a golf-colored car. Still no sign of car number 53 coming back in. As... The wins Mercedes AMG that will run the GT4 car, that will run the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, is getting towed over from the WeatherTech paddock into the Pilot Challenge paddock, where it will take up its garage space. Last time we saw that, livery was on a Ford GT, and it looked really good, have to say. But that car, mm, no sign of a tow truck breaching the hill as we are down to 3 minutes and 40 seconds to go in this one and still no picking up of any green flags on the timing stand. I'm a little bit afraid that that's all she wrote for this one. Uh, Hearing engines firing up but I think that might be to drive back to the paddock area and indeed it is as the cars make the hard right turn off of the pit lane to go back into the paddock. Sort of a Mickey Mouse way of navigating here at Watkins Glen, but they're all experienced. They know how to do it by now. So no checkered flag being shown officially as of yet, but if we're having the cars in the fast lane being shuttled back, then that would be a good indication, as there is a a safety vehicle that I can now see coming up over the top of the hill and coming down, I believe that is a Porsche behind it, can't tell if it's hitching a ride or if it's just hitching a tow. Uh, nope, that's elevated. That is on the back of a flatbed. 
So maybe we're going to get a minute more. As red flag is still out, two and a half minutes to go. The safety vehicles are now off of the circuit. So the track is clear. And I can't see any damage to the number 53, but nope, now it's out of sight. The left side looked good, so if you need to take pictures of it, do it from the left side. Green flag back out. Two minutes to go. We're not going to see Michael Manella. He's on a five-minute hold for not abiding a red flag. So we'll be able to serve at least two minutes of that. As out of the pit lane goes Vernon McClure in car number 36, Alan Metney in number 99, Joe Lombardo in 92... We've got a few takers going out for this little last lap dash. Jeff Mosing in the 68. David Baker in the 56. Bill Smith in the 42. Charlie Luck, who needs to go out and come back in to serve a drive through penalty for excessive track violation. Uh, who else? Bart Collins in the 22. Kurt Swearingen in the 17. The bright green Porsche. Uh, our top... Two cars were the ones I believe I saw driving back to the paddock. Roman DeAngelis for sure in the number 79. Max Root not showing is leaving the pit lane. Neither is Victor Gomez the fourth in the 25. Jeff Kingsley in the three. Or Sean McAllister in the 11. Uh, did we ever see Sean come back out from behind the wall? I don't think we did, Jeremy. No, I don't think so. Have to find out what was going on there. All right, if you get around fast enough, you can have one flying lap. 33 seconds. Merch line violation for car number 22. That's Bart Collins, so he'll have to serve a drive-through. Second of the MCR <laughs> teams. They, they, uh, they, M that MCR team might not be flavor of the month up in race control mm. at the moment. Well, get it all out of the way before qualifying in the race. All right, 13, 12, 11. Who's getting a flying lap? 36 He's going to have an opportunity. That is Vernon McClure. We still have five, four, three, two, one, and checkered flag. So he's the only one who's going to get to go out and actually turn a lap. Alan Metney's gone out. He just sees the checkered flag. So does the 92 of Joseph Lombardo. We have two takers straight back into the pit lane. That would be Jeff Mosing and Bill Smith. I have to be honest, Jeremy. If I had a race car and they told me you can go out and come back in, I would do it. I don't care that it yeah, doesn't count for anything. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, particularly on a track like this, as, lo as long as this one is technical as this one. Yeah. Uh, once the car is up to up to temperature, which, uh, okay, yeah, the temperature would have certainly cooled off during that red flag stoppage, but uh, you've still got things that you can learn, and certainly within, you, you've got effectively two complete laps minus a few hundred yards. So that's plenty of time to assess whether or not the change you've just made, if indeed you've, you've made one, yeah. uh, has had the desired effect. Because you certainly should be able to get the car uh, properly up to temperature, speed and pressures and everything else within the first lap around here. Then you've got one more lap to evaluate it before you, uh, again before you come into the pits. So, yeah, certainly some, something to be gained. And that's why we're seeing so many cars taking advantage of that uh, brief run at the end. It might only be just a couple of minutes, but certainly that can... Um, validate or, or 
show that the change you made wasn't the right direction to prepare for the races this later this week. Or wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, good point. Well, that's all she wrote for practice for the GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Fastest once again, Roman DeAngelis, 151.3. Quarter of a second behind him, exactly, was Max Root, the number seven. And then third, the stricken car of Riley Dickinson. We'll have to find out just how bad the damage was there, if indeed there was any, for him and more speed. Fastest of Platinum Masters, Jeff Mosing in car number 68. Second fastest was Alan Metney, and third was Fred Pordad. In the gold category, it is victory for Sebastian Carrazzo as he gets to take home a timing timing sheet from Watkins Glen International, where he was the fastest in practice. Rob Ferriel was the second quickest gold category car, and then Kurt Fizikas was third. Sure, Adam, and Jeremy Shaw taking you through that session, the second free practice session for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama, live from trackside. This is IMSA Radio at Watkins Glen for the Sirlins, six hours of the Glen. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.